deserves the glory. He deserves the honor. Praise ye the Lord. God is good and all the time. Amen. Bless the wonderful name of the Lord. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We thank God for his goodness. Thank God for keeping us. Amen. We thank God for another day. I got We thank God for another day. Amen. That the Lord has made. And we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. For God has done great things wherein we are glad. Amen. We like to take this time to say thank you. Amen. To those of you that went with us last week. Amen. To the fellowship, the new fellowship we had. Amen. Thank you for being patient. Amen. You know it wasn't me. Amen. But service just ran a little long. Amen. But we thank God. Amen. That we had a good time in the Lord and was able, amen, to bless God while we were there. Amen. We hope and pray that each and every one of you have a beautiful holiday on tomorrow and most of y'all enjoy your day off. Amen. Go out and meet some family and find someone who's going to have a cookout and bombard their house. Amen. Just go there and say, hey, it's me. Yeah, no. You only come to get something. Like, do like I do. Then run. Amen. Or be a blessing unto somebody. Amen. Thanks. Open up your Bible. But we're here. Amen. not about us. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I'll talk for this week. Amen. Jesus took the power out of the fire. Again, Jesus took the power out of the fire. Those of you who understand the deepness and the power of fire, <clears throat> you know that fire consumes whatever it touches. Amen. It consumes whatever it touches. Amen. Right here in our own building upstairs was a fire back in 1986. Amen. Upstairs. want to talk about today a little bit a little bit on how fire consumes. We want to talk about how God has taken Amen. Jesus took the power out of the fire. 
Messiah can also be a representation of trials, tests, tribulations. Because how many know that when these things come in your life, they tend to consume us. They tend to take us over in our thoughts. Amen. These things tend to take us over in our emotions. And if we're not even careful, we'll stop coming to church. Amen. These things will consume us so much that if we're not careful, we'll stop reading our word. Amen. These things will consume us so much that it'll bring friction in our home between husbands and wives, between, between the children. Because these things, if we're not careful, can consume us when we're going through. When we're going through in the body, it can. When we're going through from, from things we've been told by the doctor, it can consume us. We need to be careful. Just because the doctor said you only have three to six months to live, don't allow that to consume you. Just because the doctor tells you that you have cancer, don't allow that to consume you because your God heals cancer. Just because the doctor tells you that you have a heart condition, don't allow that to take control of you because our Jesus took the power out of the fire. So you don't have to worry about the fire consuming you if you only keep your mind more on Jesus than the fire that's trying to consume you. A great example of this is the three Hebrew boys that they threw in the fire. They threatened them with fire. But they were not, listen, the one reason why they were saved from the fire, because they were not afraid of the fire. They did not fear the fire. Matter of fact, when the men that walked towards the fire to throw them in the fire got towards the fire, they died. Which means, and lets me know, that the three Hebrew boys walked in the fire by themselves. But they didn't go in there by themselves because the Lord was in the fire with them. Because fire will not consume you if you trust in the Lord. We don't have to be consumed by the things that we go through. We don't have to be consumed by what our mind is telling us. And boy, let me tell you something. Man, that mind will mess you up. Your thoughts will mess you up, man. You'll think a thing so long, you'll begin to be it. You'll begin to be it. You'll be telling yourself, I'm a dummy, I'm a dummy. You start acting like one. You start talking like one. Because that's what the mind, so a man thinketh. You're never far from what you say out of your mouth. Amen. Amen. Like they say, the apple never falls far from the tree. Well, let me tell you something. That seed that drops out your mouth is never far. It's going to grow. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and ye shall eat the fruit thereof. Got to be careful what you say out your mouth. Amen. 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 Look around, tell your neighbor, be careful what you say. Tell your neighbor on the other side, be careful what you say. Amen, amen. Jesus took the power out of the fire. The challenge for today, to know through Christ, I cannot be consumed. Again, to know through Christ, I cannot be consumed. 
only through Christ I won't be consumed. This thing that I'm going through won't take me over. Y'all know how it is, especially today in this economical time that we live in. If we're not careful, man, your thoughts will run you over and take control of you. The very thought of bills. Hey, man. I remember one time bills had me going so crazy. I jumped up one morning thinking I had to go to work, jumping all over the bed because I thought I was late for work. And my wife looked at me and said, Troy, it's Saturday. (laughs) But that's how bad my bills had me. I knew I couldn't afford to miss a day of work because I was that much in debt. I was that much. Listen, I was consumed. By my financial woes. I know I'm talking to somebody here today. Because they will take control of you. And throw you down to the ground. It'll even make you sick. Stress you out. Give you anxiety. You walking around the house snapping at people. And they ain't did nothing to you. It's because the bills you got. The credit collector calls. They calling you off the hook. And, don't, and, and, and they don't call you once. And now because it's computerized, they call you 10, 12 times a day. Over and over and over till you pick up the phone. It's something else, ain't it? But that's the day and the time that we live in. That, that's, that's the enemy telling you, they ain't forgot. They still calling you. Still calling you. Don't be consumed. I know you got yourself in this rut. Don't be consumed by it, though. Amen? Amen. Listen to what the word said. The word said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Again, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth them from what? From them all. Don't you realize that all means all? It means there's nothing left over. It means that God takes care of everything. It means that God will deliver you from all your trouble, from all your worries, from all your woes. God said, I will deliver you. I will not let it consume you or bring you down. Most of the time, most of the time, but a lot of Christians get caught up, so caught up in this stuff, they go into what we call, they start to, it starts out a a drip. Then after a drip, their spiritual life begins to leak. Then after a leak, it starts to gush. Why? All because of what you allow to consume your mind. You allow it to worry you to the point that it's all you think about. Amen. How many know we're going to defeat the enemy this morning? Oh, look around, tell your neighbor, I'm in a deliverance service this morning. Oh, tell them again, I'm in a deliverance service this morning. Listen, your topic, very easy. Be consumed in Christ. Be consumed in Christ. Let us look more and think more about Jesus than we think about what's going on in our life. Amen. 
You know what? Thinking about your past ain't going to change anything. Thinking about the memories is not going to help you. But if you get consumed by Christ, after a while, instead of crying and being upset, you're going to start dancing and shouting. Instead of crying and worrying, you're going to start giving God a praise and start giving God worship as never before because when you are consumed with Christ, that means Christ has got all of your life. He's got your spirit. He's got your mind. He's got your emotions. He's got everything about you, and you'll just explode with joy when you are consumed with Christ, not consumed by what's bothering you, not consumed by your medical condition, not consumed by the diagnosis the doctor gave you, but no, consumed with Christ. Oh, man. Because the body, listen, the body's a mess. It's going to be a mess. And you know what? You're going to continually have to tend to this body. But you know what? God knows how to heal the body. He showed us that through the ministry of Jesus. Haven't you heard the blind received their sight? Haven't you heard that the lame walked and that the dumb opened up their mouth and talked? That the, that the deaf heard? That withered hands grew back? Didn't you hear that our God is a healer? Don't you know that he was healing in the Old Testament before Jesus came in the New Testament? There was healing. Did you not hear about Naaman who had leprosy, who dipped down in Jordan seven times and was healed as the man of God told him? Did you not hear about Daniel being saved from the lions then? We have to let these things encourage us. We have to let these things tell us that you know what? This man, Daniel, was a man of God just like I am a man of God, a woman of God. And if God did it for Daniel, I wish I had a church. If God did it for Daniel, if God did it for the Hebrew boys, if God did it for Elijah, if God did it for Elisha, let me tell you something. He's the same God yesterday. He's the same God today. He's the same God tomorrow. He can do it for me right now. All depends upon, do I believe God can do this? I'm going to be consumed by Christ. Be consumed in Christ. Again, be consumed in Christ. few things I want to bring out to you. What does it mean to be consumed? And I looked at not just the definition of being consumed, but I also looked at the synonyms of being consumed. And listen, when you're consumed, you're, you're absorbed. Being consumed will deplete you. Being consumed can be devouring. It will devour you. When you're consumed, you can be drained, you can be engrossed, you can be exhausted, you can be, listen, obsessed when you're consumed. Because anything that consumes you, you're obsessed by it. You can be obsessed by your bills, obsessed by your present situation, obsessed by what's going on in your life at this time. 
Hmm. Didn't David say that the, didn't David say, I shall bless, the, I will bless the Lord when? I will bless the Lord when? So when I, when I don't have money, when I don't have money, I will bless the Lord. See, when you hear me say, I want you to say, I will bless the Lord. When I don't have money, when my body's racked with pain, when things are not working right, when I lose my job, Mm, thank you, honey. Even the baby back there get it. I will bless the Lord. Nothing's going to stop me from blessing God. Doesn't matter what I'm going through presently. What matters is that my future is blessed and my future is every second ahead of me. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break, did I break your habit? You thought the future was tomorrow and next year? No, the future is every second ahead of you. Because that's the future. The future is continual. It's not just coming to you in a year. Oh, you were preparing for next year. No. Praise God for your future now. Praise God that healing comes now. Praise God that God is going to bless you financially now. You got to praise him for now. Oh, come on, say I'm going to praise him now. Then give him a hand praise. Come on and bless him now. I'm going to bless him now. Depleted, listen, being consumed is to be absorbed with something. Oh, think about it. You ever seen a sponge? When you take a sponge and, and put it on water and the water just draws into the sponge, the sponge is consuming the water that you put it in. Man. That's what happens with us a lot of times. Things just, what, what's filling you? What's filling you? The Bible said, be filled with the Spirit. Are you filled with worry? Are you filled with complaints? Are you filled with murmuring? Are you filled with being upset and agitated? Are you filled with frustration? Because people just won't listen to you. Things are just not working out the way you wanted it to. Things are not on time the way you like it to be, Mr. Perfectionist or Mrs. Perfectionist. It's got to be just the way you wanted it, just the way you had to have it. No, I don't want it like that. I want it like this. Later for you and your perfection. If it's not in God's timing, it ain't going to happen. I got to be consumed by Christ. I got to be consumed in the things of God. Listen, to be consumed, the definition, to use up, to eat up, to drink up. Listen, to destroy as by fire. Mm. To be con listen, to be consumed because you feel like I need to lose some weight. To be consumed, because for some people, it's, I'm too skinny. I want to put some muscles on. I looked at somebody one time tell me, ooh, I, I, I got to lose some weight. I'm like, okay, you're disappearing now. Because, but you'd be surprised. What, con what doesn't consume you doesn't mean it's not consuming somebody else. 
Amen. Amen. I'm happy. I, you know what? I, I, I thank God in my skin that I'm in. Paul said, in whatever state I am, therewith I have learned to be content. You know what? I got to be content with me more than you be content with me. Amen. Don't lose weight for people. Don't lose weight for the world. Lose weight for yourself. Lose weight because of, of what God has called you to do. But don't do it because you want to impress other people. That's what's wrong with the world today. Everybody is doing things because of everybody else. Impressing the Joneses, impressing the Smiths next door. Mm. Do it because God is leading you to. Do it, do it for your own health. Not just so you can brag about how much weight you lost. So you can look at everybody else and scorn them now because you're not where they are now. Amen. I know that's none of y'all. I know it's none of y'all. Amen. Can we just talk about life today? Can we, can we discuss life? Amen. Because like, as, as, we, as we forestated, what consumes you might not consume me. Might not, might not bother you that you have a little belly. Bothers me. Amen. Took off, took off my shirt one day and the wife said, honey, you gained the weight. I said, shut up. <laughs> well, I'm going back to the gym. Hmm. But I'm not going to let it consume me and take me over. Now that everybody's looking at you now. Mm. That's why I tell people, you know, you got to be careful with how you joke with people. You know, not, not everybody take jokes the same way. What don't, what don't bother me might bother Sister Rose. And what don't bother Sister Rose might bother me. You know, the, the eggshell people. trample with care you got to talk to them talk to them very lightly because the first thing you say they go off Exodus the third chapter you were there you there Exodus 3 Exodus 3 be consumed in Christ be consumed in Christ I want you to keep this in mind that as we're reading, I want you to keep in mind always when you read the word of God that Egypt is symbolic of the world. Just reiterating things I know some of you know, especially if you've been in Bible study, and for those of you that don't ever come to Bible study, Egypt represents the world. Pharaoh represents the devil. Moses represents deliverer. He represents Christ, the deliverer, who comes listen, from the world and take us out of death. He represents Christ, Savior, who has come again to deliver us, to take 
take us through the water to deliver us from that the fire doesn't consume us. <clears throat> so when we look at this man, Moses, and we think about this great man of God, nowhere can you go in the world and mention this name and no one not know him. Even if you go to China, everybody have heard of Moses. Because they've heard the great story of how God used this mighty man of God, Moses. Moses, a man of integrity. Moses, a man of character. Moses, a man who had faith in God. Now, he wasn't always that, though. How many know there's always a time for growth? Somebody say growth. If you got a note, I want you to take that word down, growth. There's always a time for growth. See, Moses, Moses was a man of integrity. Moses was a man of character. Moses was a man of God. But before Moses was all this, I need you to know that Moses was a murderer. Moses killed a man with his hands and then hide it and then hid the man's body thinking no one would find them. See, but this was in Moses' past. See, and at this time when Moses killed this Egyptian, Moses had given up his life in Egypt where he was Pharaoh's, considered Pharaoh's son and considered one of the heirs to the throne. But he knew that he was also Hebrew and he chose to be with the slaves the Hebrews, rather than to be an Egyptian in the palace. How many of us would really choose to be poor than rich? How many of you would really choose to have less when the world is offering you more? Be careful. Be careful now. See, this is what I love about this man of God. When he could have, when he could have set his sights on being Pharaoh, he had rather identify with his people. Another key word, identify. Write that down. Identify. He wanted to identify with his people. How many of us rather identify with Christ than identify with the world? See, we're supposed to be people who don't want to be in the world, who want no part of the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the pride of the life, and the pride of the eyes, all these things are of the world. They're not of God. They come from the world. And Moses had rather be a Hebrew than be with Satan. Pharaoh, to be with Egypt, the world. He made a decision that changed his life. How many know we can make decisions that change our life? How many understand we need to make decisions that will change our life? Saints, let me tell you something. I don't know if you did it, but I need you to do it today and forever. I need you to start making, I need us to start making decisions that's going to change our life, that's going to change the life of our family. Because until you make that decision to do so, no one else can make you do it. The decision has to be yours. We have to make a decision 
to change what's going on in our life. And once we make that decision, if it's in the, according to the will of God, then God will give us the grace and the strength to fulfill what we're doing. We need to make decisions that will change our life. Number one, change your habits. Number two, change your thinking. Number three, change what you're saying. Do you know that what you're saying comes directly from your thoughts? Your words are never far from your thoughts. It's a stupid person that speaks impulsively. A smart person is speaking and speaking from his thoughts. But what are your thoughts saying? Ah, be careful. Amen. Some of us have put our own selves in problems and don't even realize it by the very words that came out of our own mouths. We need to be careful because the Bible tells us that by our words we are justified and by our words we are condemned. This is why the Bible instructs us to walk in the Spirit and to be filled with the Spirit so that we're filled with the Spirit, we'll say the right thing, we'll do the right thing, we'll think the right thing, and the right things will happen around us when we are filled with the Spirit, when we walk in the Spirit. Listen, when we live in the Spirit, when we pray in the Spirit, when we we sing in the spirit, the right things will happen with us. When we develop, listen, when we develop the right habits. See, there's nothing wrong. We say things we ought not to say. We do things we ought not to do. Listen, Lust is ah. nobody, nobody just goes out and commits fornication and commits adultery. Those were in your thoughts before you did it. Because everything you do was not something you just did. It was in your thoughts before it became manifested to you and everybody else around you. If I can kill it in my head, if I can stop what's going on in my head, then I can stop it from becoming an actual deed. I can stop my hands from committing it if I catch it in my head. So a man thinketh, so a man thinketh, hmm. that's why the Bible said, be not conformed to this world. Listen, but be ye what? Transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the only thing that can renew your mind is the logos, the rhema, the word of God. Nothing else can renew your mind. The only thing you need is to stop with your thoughts and to get God's thoughts. And the only way to get God's thoughts is in his word. Because you by yourself, you don't know God's thoughts. You have to get God's thoughts through God's word. Because I want to know what God's thinking so I can start thinking what God is thinking. 
That's why the Bible says set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. Didn't Colossians 3 and 2 set that? Set your affections on things above. Colossians 3 and 2. Set your affections on things above, not on things of the earth. Where, wherever I set my affections to, that's what's most important to me. Where my heart is, there is my treasure also. Amen? Where's your heart? Where's your heart? Whatever is close to you, that's where your heart is. Amen? Say, wherever's close, wherever I'm close to. Say it again. Whatever I'm close to, that's where my heart is. Mm. That's where my heart is. That's what's consuming me. That's what's taking up my time. That's, listen, that's what's taking up my time. That's what's taking up my energy. That's what's taking up all of me. That's where I am. Mm. My thought life tells me a lot. My thought life will tell me where I am in God. For if I'm thinking the right thing, I'll do the right thing. If I'm thinking the wrong thing, then I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to do the wrong thing. That's why we have to change our thinking. Say it with me. I got to change my thinking. Say it again. I got to change my thinking. Mm. I got to change my thinking. I got to change my thinking. So once again, Moses wasn't always a man of God. Moses in his life was a murderer. Uh, listen, a murderer on the run. Not only a murderer, but a fugitive. He ran from Pharaoh. He left Pharaoh because he knew that if Pharaoh got a hold of him, Pharaoh would kill him. Or he killed an Egyptian. And he did what Pharaoh didn't need was nobody starting no uprising. Because Pharaoh already wanted to kill all the, all the people of Israel anyway, because they looked mightier than Egypt. They were afraid of Israel's growth. They were afraid that Israel would turn on them. And Moses is now on the run. And he's been at this point we're about where we're about to read he's been at this point 40 years you know what God sometimes takes time to deal with you notice he didn't get Moses the first year after Moses ran away he waited 40 years to catch up to, to get Moses to catch up with him why? Let me tell you something. 40 years. Let me tell you what. Let me tell you something. Moses lost a part of him in the desert. See, and a lot of us, we don't want to lose any of ourselves. We want to be who we are because we think that's our identity. Oh, but thanks be to God, while Moses was in the desert, he lost a part of himself. He lost who he was. He, he lost himself to find himself. How many know sometimes you got to lose you to find you? 
I'm not saying go all the way to Mexico and find out if you can get back. No. I'm talking about in the spirit. You have to lose you to find you. Because a lot of times, no, all the time, our ways are not God's ways. Our thoughts are not God's thoughts. And in order for us to get God's thoughts, I'm going to have to lose my thoughts. I'm going to have to lose what I'm saying if I want what God is saying to me. So Moses was out there 40 years because God needed him to lose who he was, to forget about himself, to forget about what he wanted to do so that God could use him. Because he knew that Israel was in no state to fight the Egyptians. And this would not be by Moses' rules. This would be by God's way and not Moses' way. Amen. He had to go there 40 years to forget and lose who he was. Men, you know, for some men, it can take decades to mature. Yes. They say that the average woman begins to think about marriage at six years old. Six years old, the average young girl begins to think about marriage. And then she begins to fantasize about being married and taking care of a house. Meanwhile, the boys are trying to get outside to play basketball and to run and play baseball. Come on now, this is life. That's what we do. My, neither one of my sons has even murmured marriage. And they almost 20. Toya was talking marriage at five. She said, I want to be married like you and daddy. What? And guess what? She did it. She thought it at a young age and then brought it to pass in her later years. But it was all what she was thinking as a young child. She never lost the hopes of it. She never lost the dreams of it. And she did it till God brought it to pass for her. You see what I'm saying? And men, it can take a long time for us to grow up. I stayed away from my brother 15 years because he was crazy. That's right. He's been here now. What you, 15 years? I believe they've been here 15 or 16 years. 16 years. But 15 years before that, I had nothing to do with him. Didn't. I saw him my wedding day, and the next time I seen Nate was like 12 years later. Somebody came to me and asked me during that time, how's your brother? I said, when you last seen him? They said, five years ago. I said, how was he then? (laughs) Because it can take men a long time to mature. Well, it took Moses to 80 years old. Before God could really speak to him and use him. So God had him out there so he can drain out. So he would finally mature and realize it's time to be a man. Why do you think the Bible spoke specifically to men when it said when I was a child, I thought as a child, I spake as a child, I did the things a child do, but when I became a man, I put away 
my childish things because it take, took me a long time to get here. Dealing with my son, I got to be very patient. I said, they ain't there yet. They ain't there yet. <laughs> Good God, I got to be patient. They ain't there. Kirk, be patient. They ain't there yet. They ain't there. Lee, wherever you are, be patient. They ain't there yet. They ain't there yet. It takes a while. It takes a while. So when I look at them, I got to think of me. It took me a little bit. Yeah, it sure did, a little bit. But wait a minute. I was married at, I was married at 19, but that ain't them. There's always an exception. How many know that? There's always an exception to the rule. Amen? Just because, just, let me say something. Just because pastor and I got married young, I don't recommend other people do that. See, that was our calling. See, that was the anointing upon our lives. See, that was our purpose that God put upon us. I ain't telling Isaiah to marry at 19. Because he got to know he's ready in it. <laughs> His mother ready to kill him, y'all. <laughs> Bless his heart. But he's got, he's got to know what he can do. He's got to know what God is calling him for. You got to wait. Wait on the Lord. And be of what? Good courage. And he shall what? Strengthen thy heart. Because many young people run out there and get married and wind up divorce in the next year, six months. One, one young girl said, this ain't working, got married, the next, got uh, divorced the next night. Saints, y'all laughing. Y'all know where we live. Y'all know what world this is. Divorce happens here more than anywhere else in the world. That's right. That's so true. Divorce here is 50-50 in the world and 60-40 in the church wow. with in favor of divorce in the church. Wow. So it takes a long time for a man to grow up. Oh, but when he becomes a man, when he becomes a man, he stops acting foolish. I thought, I used to thought it was funny to throw rocks at the bus. I thought it was fun to ride on the back of the bus. I didn't know any better. Hey man, I thought it was fun to write graffiti on the train. I thought it was fun to just throw things on the floor and walk away. But that's what happens in an immature mind. Because when you're immature and you're not growing, that's what you'll do. But now, dare me now to throw something on the floor. I won't do it. Dare me now to throw something out of my car window. You know what? I won't do it. You know why? Maturity has set in. Whew. See, things I couldn't take before, now I take it with joy. Now I take it with ease. Why? You know why? I'm mature now. Guess, guess, guess what? I've I become a man. Whew. Took a while. Took a little bit. But I, I'm almost there in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen? Amen? So now God comes and he visits Moses. Verse 1. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God. This is Sinai, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burnt with fire, and the bush was not consumed. 
Now, I told y'all this many before, it, many times before. There's, there was nothing odd at what Moses was seeing. It was okay to see a bush in the desert combust and burst in the flame. That wasn't odd. The odd thing about this is that the fire wasn't going out. Why wasn't the bush finally consumed? And this is what caught Moses' attention. God wants your attention. This caught Moses' attention. God wants your attention. See, I know everything else in your life is trying to come up while the word of God is going this morning. But I come to tell you that God wants your attention. He wants your attention. He wants to show you something that you have never seen before. But the only way that's going to happen, he needs your attention. And he caught Moses' attention. I can imagine Moses, he probably looked at it and said, oh, it'll burn out. And he probably went along and did something and sat down for about an hour or two and then looked back and said, that bush is still burning. All right, maybe it was a lot of them burning. It'll, it'll take a little bit of time. And he went back and he sat down. And three to four hours later, he looked, and guess what? The bush was still burning. Because, see, when the power of God is concerned, when the power of God is in the place, the power of God will consume whatever is taken over, but the power of God will never leave. God had the bush. The fire of God was in the bush. God caused the bush to burn and the bush was not consumed. And it caught, listen, it caught Moses' attention. Listen, and Moses said, I will now, see, it got his, now it got his attention, but now it took, now it got Moses to take action. Moses said, I will now turn and see this great sight. See, it takes first attention, then it takes action. We need to take action. You want to stop thinking the way you do? Take action. You want to stop saying the things you say? Take action. You want to start doing better in your marriage and in your home? Take action. You want a better relationship with the people around you? Take attention. Take, pay attention, then take action. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. God has his attention. Now he lures Moses to him. Does God have your attention? Does God have your attention? You want a better life. You want a better marriage. You want a better friendship. You want a better church. Does God have your attention? Because it all starts with God having your attention. You can't take any action till God has your attention. And until God gets your attention, things will stay the way they are. Listen, until God gets your attention, you'll stay sick. Until God gets your attention, you'll continue to go through. Until God gets your attention, you will continue 
to have trials and tests and tribulations and stay right where you are. Right now, even if you're going through, when God has your attention, you'll shout when you're going through. You'll dance when you're going through. You'll say, praise the Lord when you're going through. You'll say, I bless God when you're going through. Why? Because God's got your attention. And your action says, praise the Lord. Your action says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. I know I'm going through, but God's got my attention. I'm going to bless the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to sing unto the Lord a new song. Why? He's got my attention. See, it's a difference when God has your attention. Sometimes my wife will be sitting there talking to me and the TV's on and she'll stop talking. I'm like, why you stop talking? Because I don't have your attention. I know you've been there, bro. The TV's going. And you know what? I'm paying more attention to the TV than I'm paying to her. And you know how I know she don't have my Men, husbands, pay attention. Pay attention. Every wife ought to clap their hand. I'm helping you. Pay attention. You can stop. You can put that TV on mute for a minute. It, it got so bad the other night, I had the TV on mute, and she still stopped talking. Why? I was paying attention to the tube. I, I saw the picture. So just because I put it on mute don't mean I wasn't paying attention. I was still looking at the picture. But see, listen, and listen, this is what God wants. God wants our undivided attention. Because, listen, most of us are busy. Busy. Sister Rose said, too busy. (laughs) Always doing something, always going somewhere, always got somebody to talk to, always got something to do. You know, you're so busy, you, you remember your prayer time is at six, but you forgot you got to make up the bed. Then you forgot you got to make the dinner. Then you forgot you got to get the children this. And then you forgot you got to do this. And then by the time you go to pray at 10 o'clock, now you're sleeping and you want to go to bed. <laughs> busy. How many busy folks I got in here? Busy. Every, raise your hand. Everyone in here, get too busy. Things get so busy in your life that you miss things you should have done because you get busy. And even if you don't get busy in the things you do, you'll get busy in your thoughts and then forget about what you were supposed to get done. Why? Because you do. Stop being busy and pay God attention. Stop being busy and do what God has called you to do. Look around, tell your neighbor, stop being busy.
Come on, tell them, stop being busy. You see how God had Moses' attention? God had Moses' attention and Moses turned aside to look at what was going on and now God had Moses' undivided attention. He couldn't have got that 40 years ago when he was in Egypt. He couldn't have got that when Moses was a prince in Egypt. God knew just when to catch him. He was eight. He slowed down. He doesn't want to murder anymore. He doesn't want to start a riot. All the Pastor, Bishop, I haven't heard God's call. God is calling you every day because you have given your life to Christ. He has called you and he's calling you now. He's calling you to pray. He's calling you to spend time with him. He's calling you to meditate on his word. He's calling you to come to Bible study. He's calling you to stay faithful to the church. He's calling you to pay your tithes and offering. He's calling you every day. He's calling you. The question is not whether he's calling you. The question is, are you answering? Are you answering? Is there anybody home? Some of you are doing God just like you do the people on call ID. <laughs> That's Toya. I'll call her back. No, you don't need to call God back. You need to speak to God now. You need to answer God now. Don't treat God like you treat call ID. Listen. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called out unto him. Verse 5, and he said, draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoe from off thy feet, for the place whereon thy standeth is holy ground. It took me a long time to bring you here, Moses, because I had to wait. But now where you're standing is a place you've never been before. And I need you to clean up your act. Take off your dirt. Take off your filth. Sanctify yourself. For today is your best day. It's your greatest day ever. Today, deliverance is coming to your house. Today, I'm calling you and changing you forever. No more will anybody just hear the word Moses. They will hear the word Moses with awe. When they think about what you did and how I moved through you, I'm preparing you now. Take off your shoe. Humble yourself right where you are. I'm going to use you. Mm, you've never been here before. This is holy. This is holy. This is an elevation. This is a new level. You were leading sheep, now you're going to lead people. You were taking sheep to the water, now I'm going to cause you to bring water out of a rock. 
You were feeding sheep. Now I'm going to make it so that manna is going to come down from heaven because you're leading the people. Greatness. Moses doesn't even know what's about to happen to him. He doesn't even understand what God is calling him to do. He has no clue what's about to happen to him. He has no clue. And neither do you. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of men what God has prepared for them that love him. You don't even know the great things God has for you. But I come to let you know that great things are happening. That good things are happening. That God is going to let his glory come out of you. Because you are anointed. You are the righteousness of God. You are the holiness of God through Jesus Christ. Great things are coming. Great things are coming for you. Great things will happen through you. Don't you know that you will heal the sick? as God's anointing flows through you? Don't you know that you will speak to the dead and they will wake up? Don't you look at me like you don't know. There's greatness inside of every Christian. The only difference is, is that your greatness won't be the greatness God's going to bring out of me. Everybody here has a job. And Moses has a distinct job. And even though Aaron is Moses' brother, God would not do out of Aaron what he's going to do through Moses. And guess what? David was a great man, but God did not use David like he used Moses. As a matter of fact, there were things that Moses did that didn't happen again till Jesus came. Nobody else did these things, but God did them through Moses. Come on and give God a hand praise right now. Come on and give God a hand praise. Ha, listen, verse 6, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. What is God saying? God said, I am the promise-keeping God. I gave a promise to Abraham, and the promise I gave to Abraham, I'm coming to make good. I don't forget what I say. I haven't forgot Abraham. He's still with me. I haven't forgot Isaac. He's still with me, too. I haven't forgot Jacob. He's here. And I'm going to keep my promise. My promise is going to, listen, listen, the greatest thing. He's, listen, my promise, Moses, is going to continue through you. Ah. Mm. My promise is going to continue through you. That's why you don't even know. Every time I get up here and I stand behind here, I'm humbled because I'm humbled. Why? Because the promise that God made to my father, he's bringing that promise through me. See, when God make promises, he make good on promises. If he promised you health, then you need to shout and pray and give God thanks for health. Stop worrying about it. Oh, I got cancer. Oh, they say my mother died with cancer, you know. You know my father died with my mother died with lung cancer. My father died with pancreatic cancer. My cousin died with this cancer. My, my aunt died with that cancer. Stop that. 
Don't you know you are a child of God? Don't you know that by his stripes we are healed? Don't you know that God is the greatest healer? That he knows your body greater than anybody else? That he heals cancer? No one does. When Sister Adrian gave us that call and she said, my mother's got it, I said, well, we bless God because I believe God. And let me tell you something. My God is a miracle worker. My God does miracles. I done told you that the doctor told Sister Rose she had breast cancer. Am I right? I got it wrong. What was it? Ovaries. Same thing. <laughs> the idea is cancer. The idea is cancer. You're not going to live. That's the idea. That's the, the first thing, the first thing comes to your mind when you hear cancer is death. Oh God, I'm going to die because I got the bonus. That's the first thing that comes to your mind. I want us to raise up and be a new group of people. I want us to raise up and be a new set of believers that the minute we hear the word cancer, we say, blessed be God who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord that because our God heals cancer. Our God delivers from sickness. Our God helps us in our trials and tribulation. Cancer won't kill me. After my, you know what? I thank God for boldness. After my, after my heart surgery, I said, I'm healed. Amen. And I said, I will not die from this condition. Amen. This will not take control of me. I spoke it out of my mouth. I spoke it out of my mouth. The devil heard it. I wanted him to. Come on, I got to finish up. Amen. Verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by the reason of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows and I am come down to deliver them out of the hands of the world. How many caught it? And to bring them up out of that land unto a land, a large, a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perjacites and the Hivites and the Juvasites. In other words, I'm going to move all them out to give it to my people. Don't you know that God is moving people out so he can put you where he needs you to be? Don't you know that in order for us to get this church, that God had to move somebody out so that we can come and possess the church? God will move people out to bring you in when you're pleasing God and you're looking to him. He will move people out of your way. He'll give you the job that they said you're not qualified for. He'll give you the place where they said you couldn't have it. Why? Because he loves you. So he's telling Moses, I know they're in the land, but guess what? They're being evicted. Mm. They're, they're going to have to move out. 
Now, verse 9, now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore and I will send thee unto Pharaoh that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Woo, God is talking big. God is talking big. He's talking great. Now Moses talks. And Moses said unto God, Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? What? Did you not just hear I'm the God of Abraham? I'm the God of Isaac? I'm the God of Jacob. Did you not just hear? I said, I'm com- I've, I have come down. Did you not just hear me? Did you not just hear that not only am I coming down, I'm putting people out to bring you in? Did you not hear me that I'm telling you to go to Pharaoh? What, what, what happens? Insecurity rises up. Inferiority rises up. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? Fear takes over. Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? But did you not read what God said to him in the 12th verse? Listen to what God said to him. God spoke to him. He said, and God said, certainly Certainly, I will be with you. I'm not sending you by yourself. God says, I'm with you. I'm with you in the fire. I'm with you in the storm. I'm with you through the good and I'm with you through the bad. One thing we'll never get away from is trials and tests and tribulations but God will see us through them all. I told you this in the beginning. Many are the afflictions of the unrighteous. Many are the afflictions of the unholy, of the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord. See, that's the difference there. That's what God is showing to Moses. Sure, certainly, I will be with you. I'm not going to send you before Pharaoh alone. Everybody stand with me. Everybody stand with me. Come on, say it with me if you believe it. I'm never alone. Come on, say it again if you believe it. I'm never alone. Never alone. God promised never to leave me alone. He promised that he would be with me, that he would take care of me, and that through all I go through, he has my back, he has my hand, and he's holding me. Every hand lifted, every hand lifted right now, every every head bowed, every head bowed before God right now. Each and every one of us 
will experience moments where we feel inferior to the task that is put before us in our life. I know at times I do. I have to fight with the enemy just to get up here sometime and to say what God has put in my heart. Oh yeah, it gets better. But you know what? There's always that feeling of, well, I don't think I can, but see, that's, that's just it. It's never been about you. It's all about Jesus. And we need to let him shine and let this light let this light of Jesus shine through us so that men might see our good works but glorify the Father which is in heaven. Right there we are. consuming fire he's a consuming fire and he wants to he wants your thoughts and your mind to absorb all his thoughts he wants to destroy self so that you can be the new you in him just worship him right where you are worship him right where Worship him right where you are as the feathers, the feathers. Worship him as the prison doors of your mind begin to swing open. Right? As God sets you free from self, from self As God sets you free from self-righteousness, from being consumed by self. Be healed, be delivered, be set free in the name of Jesus. Be consumed. Come on, just worship him for a little bit and we're going to leave. Just worship him. Don't miss this opportunity. Do not miss this opportunity. It's your time right now to give God worship. Worship him in spirit and in truth. Begin to glorify him out of your mouth. He has put his glory in you. Give him glory. 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 Give him glory.
have heard your word today. Lord, let us be consumed with that we won't be everything that we have, knowing that you are our provider. Yes. You are our healer. Yes. You are our strength. Thank you, and you will deliver. Yes. For you did it then yes. and you Come on and give God a great big hand praise right now in this place. Come on and bless the Lord for his goodness. Hallelujah. We bless you, oh God. God bless you. We love you.